Hello, I hope you're all enjoying DevOps Summit Canada. Thank you everyone for tuning into this session on how to make your platform your superpower. In this session, we'll look at the rise of platform engineering and I'll share how I'm helping some of my customers make their platform a success and getting developers on there. My name is Brian Ross and I'm an executive advisor for VMware Tanzu. I work as part of a small diverse group of distinguished technology executives that work with some of VMware's largest and most interesting customers. The team consists of industry veterans that have held senior leadership roles and have hands-on experience delivering large-scale transformational initiatives that require technology, organizational, and cultural change. For my own part, I built and led the technology products division at Sky TV, which you may know as a subsidiary of Comcast. My team provided a portfolio of self-service cloud platforms that underpin Sky's television, broadband and mobile propositions across the UK, Ireland and Europe. Through this and other roles, I bring a mix of technology, business strategy, finance and some entrepreneurial spirit to help my customers accelerate their digital transformation and deliver business value from technology. At the beginning of the year, Gartner made a bold prediction about what they think is going to happen within the IT industry. They said that three quarters of organisations will establish a platform team to develop self-service capabilities to boost developer productivity. Now, it's safe to say that we've certainly seen a huge growth in interest in platform engineering, but my concern, though, is that most of those teams will fail. Not because of a lack of capability or technology, but because they've neglected the most important part, developers. I'm currently working with some of the leading companies across a broad spectrum of industries, including retail, finance, automotive and telco. They have some of the smartest engineers building some really, really innovative tools. But after all of that effort, they're struggling to get developers to use those platforms. So firstly, what is a platform and why does Gartner believe that so many organisations are going to change the way they work? Well, if I think back to how IT departments have worked in the past, I think they've mostly been a support function, a cost to the business. They'll get involved in large funded projects and their duties will be to use their skills to deliver bespoke infrastructure solutions to meet the requirements laid out by the relevant design documents. Unfortunately, those building the infrastructure usually haven't been involved in the design, let alone the business case of the project. And more often than not, they'll find out that it's too late to make any improvements to the design because the project is already late. And they're going to need to cut some corners to get everything installed on time because that project needs to be in production quickly. The delivery will usually involve a number of separate technology teams, each with their own area of expertise. There'll be a flurry of tickets passed from one team to another to build out the solution. In this scenario, IT are always on the back foot and often the cause of perceived delays due to unforeseen problems. The IT team are incentivized to minimize spend, often at the cost of quality. So with a platform mindset, our goals change. We want to be seen as part of the value chain. So rather than wait for these projects to appear at the last minute, we want to develop platforms ahead of time that can accelerate their delivery. We want to have a standard way of working rather than bespoke projects every time. We focus on user experience, developing self-service portals with end-to-end -end automation, putting an end to all of those tickets. And we're customer-centric too in how we engage. We work with project teams to help them with business cases. 
we understand the purpose of the applications we're deploying, and we move from building one-off artisan infrastructures to developing a software factory that lets developers focus on building new features. We build something that has demonstrable value to the business. If a platform is what we want to build, then a product is how we want to build it. And there's a lot involved in launching a new product. When I'm working with customers, I encourage their IT teams to think of themselves as their own little company. And each of the business units they serve are their customers. Through that lens, we begin to appreciate that technology is just one aspect of developing that product. Sure, the technology has to work, but there's a range of other activities too, most of them non-technical. So today in this session, I want to pass on some of what I've learned across four main areas. Thinking back to that concept of having our own little company, we need to firstly find a customer base and do market research to understand their pains before we jump in and start developing potentially the wrong solution. We need to think about how we'll brand and market that solution as a product. We'll want customers that are new to our product to have a great first experience so they'll use it more and hopefully tell all their colleagues how great it is. And when they get stuck, we want to give them help in a way that gets them back up and running quickly with the least amount of frustration. And finally, to complete that circle, we'll want all of our customers to help identify other ways that we can make their lives easier. We want them to feel part of what we're doing. Now you'll notice I've used the word customer a lot. I use that word very purposely. We mostly think about our colleagues or our users, but if we're trying to run this company of ours within the broader business, then those people are our customers. In my experience, that subtle change in thinking and language can have a significant impact on how we interact with others. And perhaps here's the challenge. This isn't necessarily what our engineers learned throughout their years of education and training. They possibly have never really thought about technology through this product lens. These are brand new skills, jobs in their own right, but these are the things that we need to learn to be more successful in the way that IT is evolving and how we need to deliver back to the business. So what then makes for a great customer experience? Well, I think that retail are a shiny example of what we want to try and achieve in IT. So when I go shopping and I'm looking for something, first of all, when I turn up to the store, there are many people there ready and able to help me find what I'm looking for. So I walk through the doors, the store is well branded, I know the types of things that that store will be selling, I find someone that's able to help me, they're all wearing branded t-shirts of a certain color, so they're easy to identify, and I may ask them that I'm looking for flour. Rather than just direct me down to aisle four at the bottom end of the store, no, they'll, they'll instead, they'll walk me there. They'll show me where to find the flower. And whilst we're walking, they perhaps ask me what it is I need the flower for. And what that means is that by the time we get to the flower, they already understand that this is for my son's birthday, that I'm going to be making a cake. So rather than talking about all the types of flour they have available, they're able to just show me the types of flour that they'd recommend for making cakes. And just as we're walking back, they may say, is there anything else we can help with? I say, no, everything's fine. And they say, what about, what about candles? Have you thought about candles for the, for the cake? <gasps> no, candles. I forgot all about them. And you see, 
What's happened there is that by being proactive and engaged in this conversation, they're able to understand more about what we're trying to achieve. And I, as a customer, get a much better level of service. Now, can you imagine what a retail store would look like if it was run like the average IT department? Well, first of all, I wouldn't really be sure which door I was meant to be walking through, because no doubt there's various doors for various different systems or types of things that you want to buy. Secondly, there is nobody there available just to help me in that moment. No, instead, it's just a ticket machine in the corner that I need to take a ticket from, and it tells me that someone will get back to me in two to seven days. You know, it's a completely different experience, and that's what we need to change about IT, and why platform engineering and platform as a product has become so popular. So first, let's look at marketing and branding. How do we provide our customers with a set of easily discoverable and understandable products? Well, the first challenge, I think, is to succinctly describe what it is we offer and why someone might want to consume it. Now, that sounds really simple, doesn't it? But in practice, it's one of the areas I've spent the most time working with execs on. You see, IT historically has been very service orientated. We have a broad range of capabilities that we bring to every project and we just build whatever it is they need. But when we're thinking about building a platform as a product, we need to understand the goal that we're trying to achieve at the very beginning. And we need to be able to describe the problems that we're aiming to solve with our product. One of the exercises that I do with execs on a regular basis is to ask them what three words would describe the business value that their platform provides. Now, you might be surprised at how long a silence I often get. Now, the value of your platform could be many things. It could be speed, efficiency, security, more automation, better compliance. Whatever it is, it's really important that you understand why somebody would want to use your platform, other than the fact that it exists. The next step is to think about how people learn about your platform. I like to sit with my customers and pretend to be a brand new employee in their organization. Where's the first place that I can find out about a solution to a problem that I may have? Is there a corporate internet that is searchable? Is there a landing page where I can find out the value of the platform without getting lost in its documentation? And that's one of the first places where I suggest most teams should start with a landing page a sales page, if you like. And I'm not talking about a SharePoint site or Confluence like everything else in your organization. I'm talking about something that is modern, crisp, the type of thing that you'd expect if you're using a third-party provider. The job of the sales page is not the same as your documentation. It's about a really high-level view of what problems you're trying to solve. As the old marketing story says, we never sell the spade, we sell the whole. And it's the same with IT. We're not trying to sell the individual technical features of a platform. We're trying to sell the benefit that users can get from using the platform. What is the business value behind it? So start with a landing page. Next, I think you need to find ways for that new employee to discover that you exist. 
Now, there's a thousand things that you can do. Some of the more creative versions I've seen have been laptop stickers or cupcakes left just before a busy lunch hour. Whatever it needs to get your message out there, that is what marketing and branding is all about. And one of the key things there is that you may recognize that you might need a name or a logo to go with this. And that can be really powerful. It's very difficult sometimes for non-technical users like execs or finance to talk about technology. But if you're able to call it something, then people know what they're talking about. And if they can then type that into a search bar, it's very easy for them to connect with your platform. And this is the mindset that you have to have. You need to assume that the customers of your platform have other options. There may be other platforms, there may be third-party providers, or maybe they just build something themselves. This is one of the reasons why we find so much shadow IT in a business. It's because the path of least resistance is so strong. So make it ridiculously simple for your users to find your platform and discover its benefits before they go off and do something else. Next, let's look at customer onboarding. How can we give users, particularly those that are new to our platform, the best possible experience? Well, first of all, I think it's important for us to recognize there's a tendency in technology teams to rush towards building new tools, new features, new capabilities, rather than spending some quality time thinking about how easy or how nice the platform will be to use. Let me put it another way. Would you rather buy something from a company that advertises thousands of products, their website isn't very easy to use, the service is terrible, and there could sometimes be long delays in getting products delivered. And once they do arrive, there's no support. Or would you rather buy from a company that does just five things, but they do those things really, really well? I can think of a few successful brands that are not first to market. They don't necessarily have the best features. They're not even the cheapest but yet they're the nicest to use and they've been incredibly successful because of that. They have focused on user experience first and foremost. And that's the thing. We don't use that measurement of nicest enough when we're thinking about IT platforms. So with customer onboarding, I think there are two challenges, just two. The first is how do we give new users a really great experience when they try to achieve something really simple. How can we give them that quick win, the hello world? Things like a getting started guide, worked examples, or recorded videos are great examples of how we can improve that very first interaction with our product. The next is how can we convince people that more complex problems feel possible within the platform? This is where things like troubleshooting guides, detailed knowledge bases, and frequently asked questions can be really, really valuable. The customer may not read them there and then, but they know that there's a huge amount of information there ready and waiting when they need it. And what about customer support? Because after all, with any product, people will eventually get stuck or have a problem. Well, my main piece of advice would be to think about multi-channel. Different types of problems are best solved through different mediums. We don't want to send a brand new user who has a really quick question off to some ticketing system that might take days to respond to a low priority ticket. 
If it's a quick query, then a chat platform like Slack or Teams can be fantastic. It also means that everyone else on the channel can learn from the answer. And over time, you'll build up a community of people that can perhaps help each other. Indeed, as people build knowledge and experience with your platform, perhaps you'll begin to see some advocates arise from that channel. After all, it's much, much more valuable if you can have a customer that can talk about the benefits they've seen from using your platform rather than you try and tell people about the benefits of your platform. Now, for more corporate roles, project managers, financial controllers, etc., they might still prefer to reach you through email, and that's okay. I would urge you, though, that you should have a mailbox for your team rather than those customers contacting individual engineers directly. It may be great in the short term, but long term, it's going to be a real problem. If there is some sort of failure that we need to track that might involve collaboration across multiple teams, then a ticketing system without doubt is the way to go. We need to be able to have an audit of what's been done. We need to be able to work with other people. And of course, prevention is better than cure, right? Let's try to anticipate problems people might have in advance and give them a pathway to solve it quickly themselves. That might be a digital journey that they can execute through self-service. That could be a frequently asked questions or a knowledge base that they can visit. And if they can help themselves, then frustration levels will drop significantly. One of the tricks that I've used myself when building platform teams is that we only reply in URLs. In other words, if someone asks us a question and the answer is not available in our knowledge base, well, the first job, rather than to respond to the customer, is actually to write a quick wiki page on how to solve that problem, and then we send the URL to them. Now, that article does not need to be perfect. It just needs to have the answer to the problem. We can then have a system later on that looks at the most popular pages that we can then spend time to improve, adding screenshots, worked examples, etc. I think this can also work really well for new members of your team. So if you have a new engineer that's just joined and they don't know how to do something, well, the senior engineer, rather than answering the questions directly, can add them to an internal knowledge base. And the graduate, knowing the page is there, can make improvements as they go through it. This keeps everything up to date, but more importantly, you begin to build a really valuable library of knowledge that can help your team and your customers get things done quickly without having to get involved in a, in a support cycle. And finally, we need to look at platform roadmaps. How can we go about delivering things that move the platform forwards in the right way? You see, the problem is that we're very good at thinking we know what other people want. And this goes back to the very beginning. We might build something with the best of intentions, but we didn't really understand what people actually wanted because we didn't ask them. We shouldn't be entirely surprised that after disappearing for months to build a developer portal that nobody wants to use it, given that we didn't actually talk to any developers throughout the process. So the big lesson with roadmaps is to talk to your customers. Be transparent about what it is you're working on and get their help to prioritize what you should be doing next. One of the things that I like to do is that whenever we're working on a new feature, we find a customer that can get benefit from it. And we work with that customer right from the very beginning of the ideation process. 
This keeps us on track for building something that is useful, but it also means as well that we can demonstrate to the rest of the user base and to other teams like finance that we're very customer focused in our approach and that whatever we do is going to deliver something of value. In terms of being open and transparent, I think it's really important to remind everyone that change is constant in your platform. There's an underlying assumption in IT that if you don't hear that something's been improved, then it's somehow stagnating. So it's important to send out a quarterly email, let people know the improvements, the bug fixes. Perhaps that's an opportunity to highlight some of the work that customers are doing on your platform and the benefits they're getting. This is great news for you because it gives you a marketing opportunity for the platform, but also great for the customers too, because they can showcase their team and their engineers. Likewise, you might want to encourage your own engineers to have technical blogs that show a, a behind the scenes view of what it takes to develop the platform. This first of all can highlight the skills that your engineers have. This can show that we are all human and we are working to make things better every day and that mistakes do happen. But most importantly, it just is another touch point to demonstrate that your team is always moving forwards. So thank you again for tuning into this session on how to make platforms your superpower. There are three main takeaways that I'd like you to, to walk away with from this session. The first is that successful platforms provide value to users, measured in both function and experience. Next, involve your users early in the development cycle and provide transparency on all the great work that your team is doing. And last but not least, poor user experience should be considered a bug and fixed. If this has been useful to you or you'd like to learn more about platform engineering or platform as a product, you can follow me on LinkedIn or other social media platforms. You'll find me at brianross.me. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great day.